Okay, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Today is Wednesday, December 30. Uh, here in Taiwan, it's rainy and cooling. Uh, supposed to have a big temperature drop, like uh, Jimmy Cliff's pressure drop, and uh, temperature drop a lot. So this will be the last talk in the uh, discussion concluding uh, 2020 tribulation. And the other <laughs> portion of that could be, uh, I was thinking of uh, either using the same title as I did last week, uh, or uh, appending to the title another phrase. Um, and so one way of putting it is <clears throat> uh, 2020 Tribulation and Picnic at Apocalypse, or 2020, the, the 2020 Tribulation and uh, Picnic at Armageddon. <laughs> picnic, what picnic? <clears throat> well, there is something that I didn't actually say in the talks on Golden Rule, which the second half being moral basis. Uh, some discussion of the moral basis in <clears throat> the presentation of um, teachings on the Golden Rule or moral reciprocity, uh, reciprocity as a basis of morality. Uh, a basis of morality uh, that supports even the principle of reciprocity, meaning don't don't treat others <clears throat> in ways you don't want to be treated and do for others how you'd like to be done to or what you'd like to receive or how you what you want uh, principle of empathy, their suffering and is not different essentially than ours, their joy also not so different. It, it's different person, it's all unique, but you know joy, and you know sorrow, they know joy, and they know sorrow, um, there is a mutuality as human being, and um, that's the basis of moral reciprocity, or reciprocity as a basis for morality, but there is also the question of why anybody would even value that um, reality of reciprocity or mutuality as a basis for what we're calling positive morality. Why uh, should I think that way? Or why does that then lead me, why not, does that necessarily lead to virtue or harmlessness? No, actually. <clears throat> People would say, yeah, you suffer, I suffer, you have joy, I have joy, but I still want to uh, kick everybody's ass and be the top dog and... Um, nice guys finish last, uh, and, and the right way is to dominate everybody so I'm on top, and that's the only way I can be on top. That's the only way I can be happy, is to be on top. The only one guy can be on top is me, and i got to fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, fight! There's a um, Twilight Zone episode about Willoughby. Um, Willoughby, next stop, Willoughby. Beautiful Twilight Zone episode about Willoughby, last stop Willoughby. And um, before he departs for Willoughby, his boss, an advertising um, CEO in New York in the late 50s, 60s, uh, Twilight Zone, is saying, fight, 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 Johnson, fight, 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 meaning uh, that's the way of life. And um, moral basis then is like, why should I care? Why should I care that they have similar process to mine? And that's where we get with the word picnic. And that's Ra's answer or analogy for a sort of very a, a priori, metaphysical a priori, not based on anything prior or um, intrinsic even. Um, orientation of humans towards virtue or vice, positive or negative, like a picnic. Some people love this, some people love that. And I'll get to that in a moment. So, <laughs> if you're going in the fast lane here with me. Uh, I want to conclude the discussion on tribulation tlipsis as an understanding of or, or a helpful perspective on uh, making peace with the uh, travail, the turmoil, the pain, the difficulty of uh, current 
human civilization. And um, apparently on the threshold of what some would call planetary enslavement and massive fraud, fake hoax, grand deception, uh, totalitarianism in the next decade, starting right now. Um, as uh, our time of tribulation, uh, akin to uh, how the New Testament spoke of it. Interestingly, the New Testament spoke of it mainly from Paul. <clears throat> I don't know to what extent Yeshua himself spoke about tribulation, but a lot of it came later. And I, I don't know how, um, how purified Mr. Paul was, actually. Paul, the, uh, the, the disciple. Uh, because uh, he said a lot of things that a lot of people seem to follow and call Christianity when um, he was really quite at a lower level of, of spiritual development than his teacher Yeshua. You know, whether Yeshua was the totality of God incarnate uh, or a late fourth density wanderer, as Ra said. Um, um, Mr. Paul, who gave lots of teachings that a lot of Christians today, who are well-meaning, there are people who are not well-meaning, but there are a lot of people who are well-meaning, uh, take as the gospel, right? Here's the gospel of Paul. <laughs> um, I don't think that um, uh, his teaching is of anywhere near the same level as Yeshua. And I think a lot of people got into trouble by um, taking the, the senior student as the founder, putting the senior student on the same level as the founder. Nobody would ever uh, follow <laughs> Sariputta or Mamogalana um, as uh, the originators of Buddha Dhamma. It was Gautama, Sakyamuni, who is the heart uh, center of Buddha Dhamma or Buddhism. And so likewise with Christianity. So what I found on this page, uh, Precept Austin, from the Bible study group in Austin, Texas, I guess, on this website, studying the word glipsis, uh, is a lot of, a, a lot of, are a lot of passages from Paul. And I'm not sure um, how accurate they would be, metaphysically, in my view. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, we can certainly say that, that this is a time of tribulation for everyone, Christian or non Certainly everyone who, who um, is seeking love and justice and freedom and goodness and peace and happiness for all. And so, in the Christian perspective, Eclipsis uh, as a pressuring, as a pressing, um, translated as affliction, or um, phase of distress um, is mainly shown as the Christians experiencing afflict. Uh, that the that there are two ways that they put it here. One is that the believers um, experience eclipses, tribulation for the sake of God and Christ, and suffer. Uh, and then will be redeemed or will be rewarded. And the other is that evildoers experience eclipses and affliction and distress and anguish uh, as punishment. Well, <laughs> what we see today certainly is um, not yet the punishment of the evildoer, but the um, affliction of, of the heartful, the, the um, pressuring uh, of uh, all who love freedom and goodness, the good and the true and the beautiful, um, deception and dishonesty rampant um, against those who love truth and honesty, um, selfishness and um, aggression seems to be growing, certainly in the online space, not, not in the personal space necessarily, but in the online space, um, against beauty and goodness. And a lot of ugliness coming out, too, against beauty and um, uh, delicacy, you know, preciousness. What is precious or beauty, true beauty, is quite precious. And <clears throat> um, 
it is harmed by a pushing forward of the ugly. Lots and lots of entertainment is quite ugly, I think. Um, movie, music, uh, fashion. There's, a, there's this, you know, establishing hell on earth is part of what they're doing. So, one other point about Clipsis, and then I want to get to this other word, stenokurya. Uh, down the, pi- the page, um, the Greek word is Clipsis, found 45 times in the New Testament, um, comes from the verb klib, which means pressing, a term used for pressing out grapes in a wine press. A wine press can be seen today near the garden tomb, cut in the rock. Ripe grapes would be put in the rock basin, and then women and children would squeeze out the juice by walking around on the grapes with their bare feet. And so, um, we're the grapes in a wine press, (laughs) uh, squeezing out the juice. Uh, What's the juice? Well, it's a distillation process, just like Ross said, uh, as the efficient use of catalyst to fashion a polarized experience out of catalyst, bringing love and wisdom, love light, which means unconditional acceptance and heartful care, uh, non-distortion to um, allow, to, to see clearly. And then bringing wisdom to know well, to know deeply, uh, bringing those qualities to all catalysts, particularly in this case we're talking the catalyst of the end times um, Armageddon uh, and the Ar- the apocalypse at Armageddon. Ar- Armageddon, again, as a 3D end cycle conflict um, choice point Um, presentation of the two paths of polarity, the two ways of virtue-vice. Morality, immorality. Morality, amorality. The way of the positive path, which is what 90% of the souls follow, versus rejection of all morality, or um, an embrace of immorality, meaning uh, do wicked. You know, do what thou will, from Crowley, is a kind of amorality. It's not really actually um, encouragement to so-called vice, which is im, I am immorality. So there's morality, which is akin to the good and the true and the beautiful, positive path, serves to other, serves to all. There's immorality, which is negative path, serves to self, which is very much gain by control, domination, and others' loss. I gain by the methods of control, manipulation, deception, uh, and their others' loss. I gain by your loss. That's the immoral way. And then there's amoral, I think, which is really, I don't care <laughs> about helping or hurting. I do what I want, and that's that. Whether it hurts, whether it harms. And there, and that's actually very much about humanity. You know, the 3D repeater psychology is very much amoral. Is Sometimes it's moral, sometimes it's immoral. Sometimes it's with love and care. Sometimes it's selfishness and greed and control. They don't know. (laughs) Humanity as an amoral collective. Earth humanity 3D repeater. uh, Consciousness as an amoral configuration. Amoral, meaning not moral. They just don't care. And so that's um, a third option at the picnic. (laughs) Rather than loving the good and the true and the beautiful or loving pain and distress and perversity, positive, negative, moral, immoral. The amoral is, um, I don't care. I eat delicacy, I eat shit, I eat dirt, I eat wood, I eat uh, properly, beautifully cooked food, whatever, whatever goes to my mouth, I eat. And that's very second chakra, you know, that's very orange ray. Um, Little ducks eat their own shit. Little ducks are crazy, actually. If you ever see little ducks, they're very odd. Um, but duck is yummy here in Taiwan. <clears throat> but little ducks are odd, odd birds, <laughs> no doubt. So, okay, um, the the pressing of this Armageddon, the final juxtaposition of the two paths for 3D souls at the end of the 3D cycle, uh, that's catalyst. The revelations that are coming, the apocalypse, apocalyptos, of 
this time of Armageddon are also catalytic or catalyst. How we respond to those two catalysts, the collective struggle and the individual decision point, uh, the revelations and revealings and uncoverings, um, unhidings, exposure for self and other of the collective uh, in its strengths and weaknesses, the leaderships in their darkness, the self in its deficiencies and its deeper levels of value, meaning what do we really value? That's also being being revealed, seeking to reveal. Uh, that's another use of catalyst is I want more truth. Uh, all of these uh, external and collective, internal and emotional and psychological forms of catalyst are difficult <laughs> and intense, and they come one after another. And it's like um, being a grape in a wine press. And um, the statement here is, uh, the figure suggests the heavy pressures of life, or this time, sometime become almost, almost unbearable. Yes, one feels as if he's being trodden down until he cannot take it any longer. Uh, yeah, and so <clears throat> while commonly in the New Testament they're talking about the, the affliction, tribulation of the wicked, or the affliction and tribulation, anguish of the believers um, for his name, his holy name, something like that, uh, you don't have to be Christian to feel um, anguish today. And you don't have to be wicked or uh, virtuous. Everyone's feeling it. And uh, there are some statements that they made here on this page that I would bring for a sort of critique and uh, expansion. Bottom of the section on Thlipsis. Truth to remember about Thlipsis, from his view. In summary, the truth you need to remember regarding tribulations, Thlipsis, is that, and there are four of them. And I'll just read them, and then we can see, okay, this is a Christian view, and uh, it pertains uh, to me, too, in some way, and some aspect of this, I think, is confused. But it's good to study multiple systems and see where you stand. So he wrote, the author of this page, Precept Austin, you need to remember, regarding Calypsis, is that one, tribulations have a purpose, Two, one's response to tribulations demonstrates the reality of one's faith. Uh-huh. Temporal tribulations produce inestimable future eternal glory. Hmm. God for God will avenge tribulations you've endured for his name and word. Well, by the way, there's big wind and rain here, so we're hearing <coughs> lots of leaves uh, agitated today here. Uh, tribulations have a purpose. This time on earth has is of multiple purpose, of course. And so one should consider um, one should one you know clarity very much comes um, from a willingness to to uh, w look into one's confusion. Uh, the greater the work upon confusion. Uh, to answer questions and come to some conclusions, some answers, the greater the clarity of mind. And so tribulation has a purpose. Your life has one, more than one purpose, right? Tribulation, or this current time on earth, very much is a winnowing. Yes, of course. It's a threshing. Yeah. Like tlipe, um, or one of these words where one of the Greek roots, meaning um, a board with um, nails in it to thresh grain to separate the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, that's happening. This is the harvest, and I'm going to talk about harvest before the end of this hour as well. Uh, and and the ultimate purpose, of course, is soul evolution, <laughs> which is proper development of the seven chakras, seven rays, which is, you know, I mean, I've talked about this a million times, you should know it. Clearance of lower triad blockage and a balanced higher balanced development of the higher four. It's pretty much the higher triad of four, five, six, green, blue, indigo, and so that's the great work, and magnum opus, and um, that's you know I often say there's only one game in town, that's soul evolution in this cosmic plan, and um, mm, quality of life will depend on how well we know how to do that 
how well we know how to fulfill our purpose, which is, as Ra said, purpose of incarnation, evolution of mind, body, spirit. Then, <clears throat> second point he made here, one's response to tribulations uh, demonstrates the reality of one's faith. It really demonstrates the reality of one's uh, spiritual evolution. Uh, one can handle, one can distill greater love light, one can meet catalyst better with greater heart, greater acceptance, non-distortion, non-disruption, meaning I can accept what is. I don't turn away from what's important to see. And it is what it is. It's not of my preference. It may be what I like, it may be what I don't like. <clears throat> but it is of what it is. And true, that's the truth of, of, of a phenomena or a phenomenon. Um, I want to know the truth. I want to know objective truth as much as I can. <clears throat> and, and that's a portion of, uh, or an aspect of um, heart chakra activation. How well has one developed heart chakra? And, and blue is you know, wisdom, knowing, discernment fine-tuned seeing understanding. How well we live in this time on earth is a demonstration um, of how well we've developed green, blue, indigo. Of course. And then this wise, mm, spiritual, mature response to the challenging catalyst will continue our development. Obviously. And so... <clears throat> we can see, you know, you can know a man by his companions. You can know a man by his face, his or her. You can know a being by their speech and their deed. Uh, so uh, everything reveals its origin, um, and we, uh, you know, for those who can see. And so, yeah... But it's not a simply a Christian matter. This is a planetary event that is non-sectarian, in my humble opinion. Then he, then then you've got some very uh, doctrinal positions three and four. Temporal tribulations produce inestimable future eternal glory. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> yes, tribulation is temporal. All uh, experience, uh, all perception and conception, and experience, and belief uh, in the octave is temporal, anicca, impermanence, of course. But producing inestimable, in uncalculable, incalculable future eternal glory, what? Everybody gets eternal glory forever and ever because they can endure? Really? <laughs> I don't think so. So you see, this comes from a system that has no belief in reincarnation. They believe in an afterlife, what it's called, what I would call a static afterlife. Uh, this is the Christian view, um, and I guess uh, Islam as well. Um, after a single life of demonstrating either faith and virtue, or rebellion and sin, you go to heaven or hell forever and stay there forever. Doing what exactly? I don't know. I don't know what they say. They say, you know, I don't know what they say. But doing something, of course, harvestability to fourth density positive is akin to going to heaven and staying there forever uh, because one need not come back to three and there's no veil and therefore it's uh, very much, there's uh, no doubt about uh, love, light, glory, God, unity, um, eternal love as the basis of the system and you, you know all one uh, love light um, purpose and profound value and meaning of all phenomena all, all existence all that's well known all of that is fully available without veil um, and that's akin to staying in heaven forever uh, being on the other side of third density no longer needing to be here but it's our efforts that um, that produce um, the reward or the consequences we experience, not the, the trouble itself. There are a lot of beings that get a lot of suffering and don't learn. And that's not 
that's a failure to make uh, to bring love and wisdom to the catalyst of their suffering. Finally, for he said, God will avenge tribulations you've endured for his name and word. Well, God the Avenger, <laughs> akin to the school of the Avengers, as Chico Javier talked about? I don't think so. So, that's another matter. <laughs> but I don't think that... Uh, but there is certainly karmic return for those that cause tribulation to another, even if karmically it's all permissible. So... Uh, everybody will have a different understanding of the present time. <laughs> and if they bring Project Bluebeam in, a false alien disclosure, a false alien salvation or uh, invasion, uh, humanity will be off to the races of uh, massive confusion, uh, even more than now. It'll be a, like throwing a, an iron ball into, into a pond, and I, a, a red-hot iron ball into a small body of water, uh, it'll cause all sorts of um, extreme reactions. And that may happen. And so we're here on the cusp of 2020, uh, considering that there are all sorts of possibilities for the next decade. Finally, on this page, the word stenokuria, also translated as affliction or anguish, um, steno is narrowing, korea is space. Stenosis, known by every doctor, is a narrowing of particularly blood vessels. Steno, stenotic, steno, stenotic process is a pathological narrowing. And so the comment here is, Thlipsis and stenokuria are often used together in three of the four passages where stenokuria, the word, occurs in the New Testament. It is associated with Thlipsis, so... 75% of the time, stenokuria is indicated in relation to uh, tlipsis. And then he says, the verbs tliben, tlibain, and stenokurein are also used together. Because stenokuria always occurs last whenever it's used with tlipsis, and because of the antithesis between these words in 2 Corinthians 4.8. So it's used last, and... Uh, his conclusion is that stenokuria appears to be the stronger of the two words, whatever their difference in meaning, which maybe just depends on the translator. But originally, yes, of course, there's a difference, right? So, uh, pressuring and pressure um, and pressing uh, is very much about glypsis, and stenokuria is um, the experience of, um, is the resultant could be called, could be considered. There are different ways of looking. One way is that stenokuria results from tlipsis. Um, and he said tlipsis and stenokuria refer to the same thing under different images. Tlipsis properly means pressure. And I think he said, I could have said anger or ang uh, anguish, since Cicero referred to this as pressing grief. Yes, so we're in a time of pressing grief. Except that the connection of angor, A-N-G-O-R, I don't know that word, with German angst, or anguish, and eng, narrow or confined, makes it more appropriate to reserve this word for stenokoria. So this is uh, etymological <laughs> fine detail. But it's uh, very much about angst. It's very much about um, finding oneself in a narrowed space. The proper meaning, he goes on, of stenokoria is narrowness of room, confined space, and the painfulness that is the result. Narrow straits and stenokuria appear together in Isaiah. Um, in the Septuagint, Septuagint, stenokuria refers to straightness of a siege. You can say that humanity is under siege. You can say that love and freedom and uh, virtue is under siege. You can say that the the harvestables and the wanderers and those who are committed to the good and the true and the beautiful are under siege. You can say that they're trying to, the negatives are trying to create hell on earth, trying to resonate 3D space-time with the lower astral. Of course. Of course. And that's um, like a siege. So humanity under siege. Humanity at war. 
um, Orion's last stand, for sure. Uh, <clears throat> interestingly, um, bu- 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 he says it's a, it appears in a secondary and metaphorical sense only once in the Old Testament. <laughs> Although there was a lot of uh, siege and pressure there too, anguish of spirit. And he said, the appropriateness of this image is attested by the frequency with which a state of joy is referred to in the Psalms and elsewhere as bringing bringing into a large room. Joy as expansion. Expansion of consciousness, spiritual path, development of sensitivity, greater spaciousness of mind as joyful. And he said, whether Aquinas... Thomas Aquinas, intended to provide an etymology. He probably did. He certainly uttered a truth when he said, joyfulness is like width. (laughs) Or uh, great space. Width, W-I-D-T-H. Width. Breadth and width. Width and depth. Height and width. So joyfulness is like being wide. (laughs) So the happy fat man? Maybe. (laughs) But actually... Uh, If you imagine, um, I mean, look at palaces and mansions, right? The rooms are all spacious. Not that those people are necessarily virtuous, but there is a certain happiness to a spacious environment. In Buddhism, in the early days, there were, it was understood that, I think from the Abhidhamma, maybe Buddha Gosa, three personality types associated with the three poisons or three unwholesome roots, grasping, aversion, ignorance, desire, acquisitiveness versus aversion, anger, irritableness, frustratedness, the the pissy mind person, and uh, ignorance or dullness or stupidity of mind, dullness, um, confinement, confined, limited mind, um, foggy, excessive mind thinking process as well. Uh, of those three types, the anger type should be uh, put into a large hut. <laughs> the desire type was um, uh, treated, in certain cases, uh, by living in a small hut or a small space, a small room, monk cell. The anger type <clears throat> was treated or given to a larger, spacious room or monk cell or hut. Uh, why? Um, because it counteracts the the narrowed narrowing quality of the aversion anger personality, while the acquisitive person, the desire based personality, I want, I want, I want, um, trying to eat more and take in more and grow bigger, 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 was treated or uh, balanced by <laughs> provision of a small room, where they would rein in their acquisitive tendency, while the anger type would find um, less uh, echo, less of a bounce back environmentally of their anger-mindedness in a large physical space. And so joyfulness is like width. Maybe Aquinas was an anger type. Um, I'm familiar with an anger. I'm probably an anger type. And, and there's, like we said, some benefit and some disadvantage to each of the types. Each has a strength, each has multiple strengths, and each has multiple weaknesses when um, unbalanced, when there's little balance. So joyfulness is like width, and um, narrowed space, narrow straits, is of affliction and anguish and distress and angst. Yes, indeed. And that's what's happening today, right? Uh, lots of authoritarian commands to don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, you can't, you can't, you can't. Narrowing of freedom. And that kills joy. And that harms well-being. And that uh, hurts the heart. Not just hurts the emotion, but hurts the the um, quality of um, spaciousness associated with green ray which is unconditional presence and acceptance, the the unconditional acceptance that comes from spaciousness rather than a narrowed mind or a mind that is attached to keeping narrow confines, which is all sorts of uh, 
picking and choosing and judgment and interfering and interrupting and um, being uh, doing when doing is unneeded. Uh, action, acting when stillness is um, higher and greater. So there's a certain stillness of mind and being required for love. Green ray. And that is of a spaciousness, stillness as spaciousness, and spaciousness as a precursor to joy. Mm-hmm. And narrowedness, stenokuria, as um, restriction, as um, essentially anti-freedom, control-based, and a precursor of affliction and anguish and sorrow and dukkha. So that's what we're going through now. And so one, one needs to find one's own spaciousness uh, as a basis of uh, joy and well-being. And that spaciousness can be being in nature, can be in meditation, could be sleep, <laughs> could be making love, could be all sorts of things. But could be alone, could be with a, another, could be um, quiet, could be active. But one night needs to find one's own way to joy through spaciousness. Or way to well-being. I don't even know if joy is possible in such a world. Um, because once you uh, go on internet and read the news, it's back to the same old matrix of lies and control and deception and small-mindedness and ignorance. And, you know, it's really quite disgusting, frankly. <laughs> the, 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 the disgusting, the contemptibility of earth human leadership is on display for all to see. Okay, now, what about the Armageddon picnic? Well, Don asked Ra, 1917, meaning session 19, question 17, Don, and I don't know if I covered this already, but I wanted to, or I have some belief that I didn't. <laughs> so I apologize for the detail-minded memories uh, that maybe I did, but I want to do it again, if I didn't, or if I did. Um, law of result. Law of one, search results for the word picnic, only one in the whole book. Don asked, can you tell me what bias creates there, meaning 3D souls, or, or really the negatively oriented, creates their momentum toward chosen path, their chosen path of service to self? Negative path. Why do they do what they do? What is the deep mind bias, or an a priori intrinsic orientational bias? A bias, a, a metaphysical bias um, that manifests as uh, orientation to the negative path, negative orientation, negative path. And obviously they would be negatively oriented at base of beingness, being higher self. Uh, yeah, and there's not that many. And Ra said, I am Ra. We can speak only in metaphor. Some love the light, some love the darkness. It's a matter of the unique and infinitely various creator choosing and playing among its experiences as a child upon a picnic. Some enjoy the picnic and find the sun beautiful, the food delicious, the games refreshing, and glow with the joy of creation. Some find the night delicious, their picnic being pain, difficulty, sufferings of others, and the examination of the perversities of nature. These enjoy a different picnic. All these experiences are available. It is free will of each entity which chooses the form of play, the form of pleasure. So some, those on the negative path find that pain is pleasurable, or pain is satisfying. They actually are sadomasochists, the entire group. They're, they're a whole community of sadomasochists, because they enjoy inflicting pain, and they actually are attached to continuing in their own pain. Inflicting pain doesn't create, doesn't generate, um, does, doesn't it doesn't eliminate their pain. <laughs> they may be sadistic, and you can say enjoy um, what they're doing. Actually, there's no joy when green ray is blocked. So it isn't joy. It's much more of um, aphrodisiac or a kind of um, high. It, it's a kind of like a rush. It's the 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 rush the adrenaline rush of victory uh, and destruction of the enemy or the capacity to inflict pain as a, um, a positively affected f- 
fulfilling experience demonstrating their superiority, they believe. They believe they're demonstrating their superiority, demonstrating their value, demonstrating their capable their capability, demonstrating their worth as beings by being by by successful domination dominance. And um, you know it's uh, uh, the, the the psychology of psychopathy, uh, psychopathocracy. <laughs> we have a psychopathocracy, uh, psychopathocracy, psychopathocracy. Psychopathological leadership, to some degree, absolutely. Um, but the sadistic, the, the sadomasochist aspect is uh, is deep, deep in the um, psychological configuration, I think. And uh, to say that they enjoy um, is also a, a, a misuse of the word joy, because there is no joy when the heart is blocked, when care is cremated, of course. So it isn't really enjoy, but they are attached to the rush, the fulfillment, fulfilling, satisfying rush of energy associated with inflicting harm, inflicting pain, being responsible for others' pain, and, and a sense of higher, greater self-value associated with successful control, domination of others. I am good because I've successfully, I, I, I can show, I feel better about myself, <laughs> or I feel I'm good, or I feel I'm valuable or worthy by my successful infliction of pain or control, dominance, getting them, go this way, go that way, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. That somehow felt satisfying. And that could be called examination of the perversities of nature. <clears throat> um, but finding the night delicious, the picnic being suffering, including the sufferings of others. So they picnic on the suffering of others. They eat it. They're nourished, so they think. What's really nourished is lower triad blockage. <laughs> They're attached to lower triad blockage, while those on the positive path are attached to seeking the joy or experiencing the spaciousness, right? the opposite of stenokuria, uh, that comes from development of green, blue, indigo. Um... As we are increasingly free of lower triad blockage, um, the mind is increasingly spacious and there's greater well-being. Joy um, is of the heart. Pleasure is particularly of the body. So pleasure, joy, bliss. Pleasure mainly of body. Joy mainly of heart. Bliss mainly of spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Meaning there, you can't follow your bliss because bliss is um, trackless. There are no tracks in bliss. Um, bliss is uh, non-dual and thus um, non-directional. Uh, there's no bliss, there's no direction issuing out of bliss. But there is direction issuing out of joy and pleasure and a happiness. So you can say that, that happiness is of rightful pleasure and certainly joy. And bliss is completely transpersonal in my view. And um, those on the positive path enjoying the picnic of the sun, the, the, you know, God the Father, and uh, light and warm and radiant and um, all, all encompassing, right? The sun shines everywhere when the sun is out and the clouds are gone. Um, or in its true nature, it shines. Whatever the sun is, even we can say with Eric Dollard, Eric Dollard, who is a smart fellow, the sun as a um, interdimensional vortex or um, massless point uh, of energy transduction, transducing energy or force or something from um, its from what's what is either within it or what's on the other side of it as a interdimensional vortex point between 3D physical or third density and the higher dimensions or uh, intelligent energy or sixth density. I don't know what the sun really is. It could be called the body of a body of the Logos. It's not the only. But um, those on the positive path um, love love. And if you love love, that means you ultimately love truth. And if you can't love love, then you have to love stenokurya. 
and they don't really love it. They're just attached to it. They're actually in profound fear. They're in profound fear of surrender, in, in a profound fear of um, uh, spaciousness and non-control. Um, they're deeply traumatized. The negative path is the, the, the path of trauma. Uh, trauma-based mind control does mind controls those mind control and so it's pretty it's pretty messy the negative path and um, uh, suffering of others and difficulty is their suffering and difficulty too and that's a picnic well yeah you can say that that's the picnic of those who are serves the self and uh, what we have now is the choice point for humanity and that and this is moral basis and that's the point that I really in, began with the point is that some simply want to want to go with the sun and love light and some simply can't stand that and they can't stand it so they go in opposition and uh, ultimately this deep mind bias um, is of higher self the bias to positive or negative path and that's moral basis. And those that ultimately, the 90% of souls in moving out of third density, uh, that go on the positive path or are positive at base of beingness, um, are, are simply uh, too attached to, to truth and reality and non-distortion uh, to go on and stay on the negative path. And that's, and, and, and those that are positively oriented at base of beingness and love um, happiness and love love and love joy um, will naturally have the moral basis for uh, applying the golden rule and naturally self-restrain to not harm other and act to offer other what we feel is valuable too although that needs a lot of wisdom and naturally have uh, some mm, pre-mental or, or instinctive empathy, which is the basis of uh, you know compassion and sympathetic joy, second, third, Brahma-Vihara, um, Karuna, and Mudita, I believe. And so, um, this is a normal person. <laughs> uh, and so... Those that that have uh, that again love love and love truth um, have naturally a priori instinctively the moral basis the me- metaphysical moral basis a metaphysical basis for positive morality and uh, some don't and we have to accept that they don't they don't want and that's that and some others will. <laughs> Uh, others will help them, not us. We can't help the negatives very much. If you want to help the negatives for some reason, uh, they have to. They'll be taken care of in their own by by those that are specialized um, for their evolution. So this is one way of looking at the um, uh, the picnic polarity uh, of the current time at Armageddon. The, the picnic at Armageddon uh, being the choice point for humanity, the metaphysical moral choice point. And Ra had said that, you know, in the short run, there'll be an, an intensification of polarization for individuals and groups on positive and negative paths, both. And that's what we see. The good getting better and the bad getting worse. Those that love love and love truth getting more clear about love and truth or green-blue, and uh, green-blue in the light of indigo, and uh, going, um, appreciating spaciousness more and more uh, by the catalyst of stenokorya, uh, narrowing the narrowed space of the pressing of the tribulation time and the action of the negatives. And um, that's interesting. And finally, um, I think we have about 10 minutes to go here, uh, law of one search results for the word harvest. Well, you're familiar with that. There are lots of very interesting comments Ra made throughout the 
four volumes, five volumes, 106 sessions regarding harvest. First of all, at the top of the page, 6513, session 65, question 13, Don's asking about how common in the universe is a mixed harvest for a planet of both positively and negatively oriented mind-body-spirit complexes. So how common is it that 3D planets do this kind of mixed harvest that we see happening today? Ross said, among planetary harvests which yield a harvest of mind-body-spirit complexes, there may be other types of harvest, approximately 10% are negative, approximately 60% are positive, approximately 30% are mixed with nearly all harvest being positive. And so, um, in terms of 3D harvests, uh, 30% are mixed. So, 60% are positive, 30% 30% are mixed, 10% negative, like the 10% that go on the negative path. And Ross saying Orion, one, their numbers are one-tenth ours. So it's, it's at least we should know <laughs> that uh, while this is kind of rare, it's not the only time <laughs> that a planet has had a mixed harvest. It's pretty, it's pretty common throughout the galaxies. Uh, and most of the harvest will be positive. Nearly none of the negative... That you that are around are harvestable. <clears throat> Next, they're down the page. Um, let me see. Yes, thirteen twenty three. Don asked. Uh, this is just a kind of poignant statement. Don asked, "How does a third density planet become a fourth density planet?" Ross said, the fourth density is, meaning we're the kingdom of heaven on earth, the fourth density is, as we have said, as regularized in its approach as the striking of a clock upon the hour. The space-time of your solar system has enabled this planetary sphere to spiral into space-time of a different vibrational configuration, center, you know, orbiting uh, galactic center. This causes the planetary sphere to be able to be molded by these new distortions, energy fields. However, the thought forms of your people during this transition period are such that the mind-body-spirit complexes of both individual and societies are scattered throughout the spectrum instead of being able to grasp the needle, shall we say, and point the compass in one direction, meaning spiritual moral orientation. Thus, the entry into the vibration of love, sometimes called by your people the vibration of understanding, is not effective with the present societal complex. Thus, the harvest shall be such that many will repeat the third density cycle. The energies of your wanderers, your teachers, and your adepts at this time are all bent upon increasing the harvest. However, there are few to harvest. And you can take that to the bank. Um, the few percentage, as I've said many times, 5 to 15%, more likely 7 to 12%, something like that, in my view. And um, most will repeat the 3D cycle. And yet, that's th- this, this is the, the time of harvest down on the ground, um, or metaphysically, is also a time of Armageddon. Or Armageddon is a way of describing, is a Christian understanding of the time of harvest. Harvest is also a Christian term. And Rob probably used it because of Carla's Christian basis. Uh, but it also includes here the view of reincarnation and um, no static afterlife and uh, the fact that there is a viable negative path, which is a very important uh, statement, actually. And I think only in the raw material is it shown uh, very clearly. Uh, and so this uh, choosing of the way and winnowing, catalytic winnowing, uh, by humans' response to this pressuring, ellipsis, and pressing, and narrowing, confining, uh, confinement, lockdown. Lockdown is a penal um, institutional uh, term. It's not medical, from what from what I've seen. Lockdown is what happens in jail, and so not is a hospital term or a medical term. So yeah, it's a it's a, a time of of affliction, no doubt. Uh, that is this time of harvest, and finally, um, 
the question is, what are we doing here? But everybody should know the answer already. Uh, one should, I mean, clearly, life purpose is um, answerable, knowable, in the general and the detail. If you apply your attention and your thought to it, you will know more and more, of course. And Don asked, well, I would just include the question as to why time of harvest is selected by so many wanderers as the time for incarnation. Why are so many wanderers here at the time of harvest? And this is um, critical that we understand that there were four, spells out four purposes. I've gone over this before. Everybody should know it. Um, It's basically uh, planetary, uh, uh, collective humanity, uh, higher dimensional home group, and individual and acceleration of individual evolution. So Ra said, <clears throat> um, there are several reasons for incarnation during harvest. They may be divided by the term self and other self. And I would say number one, the overriding reason for the offering of these brothers and sisters of sorrow in incarnative states is the possibility of aiding other selves by the lightening of the planetary consciousness distortions, the planetary lightening of the planetary consciousness distortions, and the probability of offering catalyst to other selves, which will increase the harvest. This is actually reasons one and two. So number one, uh, possibility of aiding other selves by lightening planetary consciousness distortions. Then, probability of, so there's possibility and probability, probability of offering catalyst to other selves, which will increase the harvest. Then, Rock goes on, there are two other reasons for choosing this service which have to do with the self. So they say. This, next, number three, we can say. The wanderer, if it remembers and dedicates itself to service, will polarize much more rapidly than is possible in the far more etiolated realms of higher density catalyst. And etiolated is a term from botany, uh, make a plant pale by depriving of light. This is, in this case, the light of intensive catalyst. Then, I could say four, Ross said, the final reason is within the mind-body-spirit totality, or social memory complex totality, meaning the home group, which may judge that an entity or members of, an en- of a social a societal entity can make use of third-density catalyst to recapitulate a learning teaching which is adjudged to be less than perfectly balanced. This especially applies to those entering into and proceeding through six-density wherein the balance between compassion and wisdom is perfected. So, these final two purposes for wanderers' incarnation at harvest time being um, intensified um, polarization, um, accelerated, polarized much more rapidly and than in the home dimension. Why? <laughs> What's the hurry, bub? So, this is a funny kind of thing. Um, you know, it's a matter of um, uh, the contrast between uh, sukkah-dukkah, or the, the interplay. Um, one has great sukkah in sixth density. Um, not much dukkah. Uh, yet, um, there will be a desire for some or many uh, to completely finish dukkah and uh, become one with um, with the Logos as soon as possible. That's a one purpose of coming to third density, is to accelerate the evolution and um, become one in eternal bliss faster. And that's, you know, sort of, I love God so much, I want to join Source as soon as possible. Uh, even though there's not much Dukkha. What's the, the, the dukkha in sixth density is the fact that they're, for that, being in sixth density and not finished with the octave. Etiolated as a term for higher density catalyst being um, doesn't lead to a robust seeking. You know, that it seems like there's a real problem that the Logos has with beings that don't make effort. <laughs> I mean, we can see what happens with beings that don't make effort down here in third density. It's a big problem. Uh, you'll be parasitized if you don't make adequate effort. Yeah, if you don't 
attend to your wounds, you will lose the limb. Uh, but it really just seems that, you know, higher beings have... This is this is ninth fetter restlessness. <laughs> Even in sixth density, they're restless. Uh, only only um, Only those in the deathless are no longer restless. <laughs> uh, the deathless, eighth density, beyond this all, this deathless is not restless, but in the uh, ocean of birth and death, even in uh, highest levels of Rupa Loka and in some portions of Arupa Loka, you know, Arupa Loka is sort of like a trance. There's just um, probably no restlessness there, but it's not the final end of restlessness but certainly in sixth density uh, and even the highest levels of uh, Rupa Loka beings have restlessness and that restlessness is associated with uh, wanting to accelerate evolution and um, uh, feeling strongly the dukkha of not yet being uh, in uh, Nityananda eternal endless bliss and so okay uh, I see it a little differently now <laughs> that I'm uh, down here on the ground. But the final purpose is basically to recapitulate learning teaching, which helps the home dimensional group. And so for us from Ra, or related to uh, Ra and Sixth Density, Ra said that their harvest of seven is only in a few more million years. A few million years is nothing, is the blink of an eye in Sixth Density, which is a very long cycle. So... They're nearly, they're probably at 6.7. So that's interesting. The raw group, on, based originally from Venus, is at 6.7, while humanity is at 3.7. That is interesting. There's a resonance there. So uh, this is their rundown of the purposes for which wanderers are here at this time of harvest, called by some Armageddon and Apocalypse, where there is a revelation and continual revealing, which is a kind of catalyst the catalyst of Apocalypse. Then there's the catalyst of Armageddon, which is this final moral reckoning and decision, choice point, and separation of the ways, right? Harvest is a winnowing, requires a winnowing, winnowing or a separation. Uh, the three-way split is of the harvest. That is a winnowing or a um, separating or a uh, dis uh, division of the ways. And that's what's happening. And beings are demonstrating uh, their level of commitment to the positive path, or the negative path, or no path. And um, likewise, um, those, that are, those that are not sufficiently positively polarized, or kind of disoriented, um, are proving how much they love light or love love and love truth. Uh, some may not harvest or they'll repeat, but they deserve to be in a community of, uh, of uh, moral beings, and that's where they'll go in the next 3D cycle. And others um, are persistently um, unwilling to think and uh, contemplate the meaning of their experience, the purpose of their life, and have no clear commitment to morality or immorality even, they uh, deserve to be in probably a less developed uh, 3D planet in their future um, 3D cycle. So, okay. So we've got some sense of where wanderers are coming from and why we're here. We've got some sense of the... Um, metaphysics of um, what's happening at the end, the, the metaphysics of the 3D end times being revelatory and uh, moral, uh, moral moral choice point of a moral decision and a demonstration of commitment uh, to either path and that all is catalytic too and we can understand that it's a difficult time, and in some ways the pressing or clipsis um, is a pressing of um, beings, mind, body, particularly with some spirit complex 
uh, pressure too, um, to to take their stand, take your position, drivers, take your position, uh, define what you are and what you value, and which and the and and uh, your direction, your orientation, or lack of it. So that's some of the big picture. And uh, there's not that much more to say, <laughs> or there's more to say, but you've probably heard it already. Uh, no doubt, we're uh, at the um, we're, we're in the um, in the lobby <laughs> of the decade of the 2020s, the, the twenty, the second, the third decade of the 21st century. We're in the anti-room, antechamber, or the fore, the foreground, the lobby, going into the main uh, portion of this third decade. Uh, obviously, there's going to be increasing challenge and, and pressing and pressure and stress and anguish and affliction for many. Meanwhile, we can grow spaciousness somehow. We have to find our own ways of... Um, experiencing and uh, returning to spaciousness, which is of joy, which is of well-being. Um, and uh, many people will break, and um, many people will suffer. Uh, prayer is really important. Prayer for ourselves and our loved ones and for all humanity. You know, and may all beings be well and happy is nice, uh, but there's, you know, praying that... Um, that the Logos and the Council and the Confederation and the Angels uh, bring love light to this planet. You know, may truth be revealed, may goodness prevail. Um, may all beings uh, enjoy love and light. May this planet wake up. May humanity get off its knees, indeed. And uh, we'll do our best. <laughs> and that's that. And um, uh, I want to thank you, everybody, for being here or listening, whoever you are. <clears throat> I appreciate that a lot. Um, this is very satisfying for me. I hope you are uh, living the life that you find very satisfying, or at least doing the work you find very satisfying. It's critical. And it's critical to be realistic. You can do what you love to do if you know what you love to do. It doesn't mean you'll make any money from it. Uh, you might, uh, but we should certainly love truth means be realistic. Don't fool yourself. And there's the happiness of making money, and there can be deep happiness separate from that, but we also need to make money. So we need to take care of ourselves and prepare materially also for the uh, continued challenge of this decade. Uh, so... And again, please bookmark the other links to the archive.org um, collection of talks, kind of disorganized collection, and the podcast pages and platforms, and the page of free PDFs and uh, documents. And um, I wish everybody well, um, a peaceful new year, and... Um, deep, deepened understanding and um, faith and trust and knowing uh, as much as can be. So, thank you again. Uh, please take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.